Pretty much every other movement in TA has come out of a field of practice. And to some extent, that field has been its proprietor. A phrase that I've used is that Eco-TA, it's owned by no one and it belongs to everyone. And that's the parallel with the earth itself. And the moment you try and own it, you disconnect from it. It belongs over all fields. And that has a huge appeal to me, that this has come out of the no field, all fields. There's something about this time and the crystallization thing that there's a lot of things coming together right now that makes it the time for this to happen. There's something about we're ready for it somehow. This is Three People in Your Head, a podcast about getting the best out of yourself and others. Co-hosted by Matt Taylor and myself, John Fleming. In the second episode of Ecological Transactional Analysis with Hayley Marshall and Giles Barrow, among other things, we discuss the TA world as a whole and how Eco-TA might work among the other four fields, as well as existential and political matters. And what's been the response to you putting this course out on a more global sense outside of the students that you've run the course with and colleagues and people further afield? Well, we've only just started to have published some of the the kind of principles, definition and the invitations. And um, I've been quite struck by the enthusiasm and the number of people that have been in touch wanting to be kept informed of and wanting to, to engage in the training we've clearly touched into something. And I think so many people in the TA community, if you like, in their non-TA life, are really busy on environmental issues, for example, are really committed and interested in ecological equity and sustainability. But when they then become a TA practitioner, when we come into the TA world, it is not spoken to. And so by offering this, it seems to be a earthing rod for all of those people that have got quite active lives and engagement outside of being a TA practitioner. Mm. So there's so much about what we're suggesting, which just frankly is not new. Mm. Um, The newness is its arrival into the the world of TA. And that's where the buzz is. That's cracking. You know, Mm. it's great. I think one thing I would say is that both Giles and I have been doing this for quite a number of years and there have been other practitioners who have also either been interested in it or written some things about our relationship with the environment. But there's something about this time and the crystallization thing that there's a lot of things coming together right now that makes it the time for this to happen. You know, because in some sense it's not new. I mean, I'm a TA practitioner. I've been doing this for years. But I think the fact that, you know, there's something about we're ready for it somehow. Yeah. And previously, it seems like it was figure it out for yourself, read some papers. And the fact that there's a structured course for, I guess, many practitioners with busy lives, just being able to be trained by people who have been considering this and living it for a long time must be very valuable. Amy, I wanted to touch back off something you said a while ago because it's really, um, it's created a disturbance in me, not in a negative way, but I can feel myself going, oh, oh, oh. Um, And it was this thing about in the TA community, we can be a bit cut off. Or I think I can't remember the exact words used, but it was something along those lines. And one of the things we ask people quite often on the podcast is why they think that TA isn't so well known in the world. 
And we have various responses to that and varying different opinions. And, and even Matt and I have discussed it and we have our own opinions. And sometimes I have this image in my mind of the TA community that I haven't actually shared out loud with anyone. And it's like we're a bit of a tribe yeah. and we're in a big circle and we've all got our arms around each other and we're in a gigantic circle, but we don't turn around. No. And part of our reason for wanting to do the podcast was because we want to open up TA more to, to the general public. And part of, in my head, that looks like us turning around. Yeah. Um, so I was really connecting to what you were saying, but also thinking about how Eco-TA maybe represents uh, something that we've been waiting around the fire for. And mm. now we might be ready to go out into the world. That, that's yeah. just something that's come up for me. Yeah. Of what you just said. That yeah, it, that's, yeah, that's lovely, John. I think it's a, it's a great image as well. I love it. Because I think my sense is that there's something about our scare as a community about being seen and judged. And I, I think that if I was going to hazard a guess, I think it runs right back, you know, to the early days of Burn, you know, not getting endorsed by the psychoanalytic world and so it goes back to it being lodged in in him in a sense and i think organizationally we've taken on a scripting around that where i think we're quite hidden in some sense there's a slight superiority sometimes i catch around our theory because we've got theories for just about everything but i think there's a there's a fear. That's my sense. And I think it comes out in our examination system. You know, people go into hyperdrive around getting qualified and have countless markings of their case studies. And, you, you know, it's like, will I be good enough? How is TA good enough? You know, is kind of what I, I think is running around in, in our organizational scripting. And I would be delighted if what we're doing is helpful to that, you know, bring something Use the, in your beautiful image, you know, helps us turn around and and look out and show what we are. You know, it's right. like, we're not perfect. We yeah. are perfect, but to, the fear of being discovered not to be perfect, I think, is partly what's holding us back. And I don't know. I could just be talking completely about myself. You know, I'm aware. Of that. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. We had one guest say that he thought there's a big don't belong that, you know, TA generally has this thing that it doesn't belong in the wider world, which one of the reasons why we started the podcast within a year of training in psychotherapy, I just was feeling like, oh my God, this is amazing stuff. And, and yet you share things about a be perfect. Another guest was talking about how maybe our TAJ could have maybe all of the academic articles that it has, and it is important that it has that, but maybe something more approachable in there as well to, to mix it up and make that more accessible. But yeah, there are a lot of thoughts like that, I think, around. But I, I do think there is something going on in the TA world that is possibly shifting. Yes, I, I agree with you. And I think it's not just to do with what we're doing. You know, I notice with trainees that I train, there's more people going, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to write an article. I'm, I'm going to do this. Whereas before, you know, a few years ago, I think there was a lot of, of stopping of that kind of, not in a very overt way, but it's like you had to get permission somehow from someone further up the chain to be allowed to speak. Right. I remember thinking, I don't understand why, why, do, why are we behaving like this? I couldn't work it out. And, and, and I think that's easy. You know, I think there are more and more 
you know, yeah. people who are in training who are just joining as colleagues, you know, and we're having conversations like this, which is wonderful. That's what we're supposed to be doing, I think. Yeah. I think it has felt a bit closed down, really. Yeah. Giles, you were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to come back to, um, I think Hayley said maybe it's something about don't be seen, or maybe it was John, I can't recall. And of course, if you don't want to be seen, if you want to hide, then um, stay inside. She's on the, uh, the idea about the indoor mind. And uh, what might be quite confronting about Echo TA is that we're saying get outside. That might be quite challenging. But I also think coming back to your, your ambition for the podcast, which is about opening up TA, I think actually we've got some great ideas which make complex aspects of being human beings very accessible through the language and so on. And I think that simply going outside doesn't mean abandoning the very accessible ideas that we already have. So one of the, coming back to the curriculum and if you like what we do on the program, one of the things is to start to look at script, but to consider our script in relationship to what beliefs and decisions do you have about the outside. And so that's what you mean by script. Yeah, so that story I tell about myself, which can apply to, you know, my personal relationships, my approach to work and so on, we're beginning to say, what's the ecological script that you have? And so it's not about abandoning the theory, but it's about expanding or extending it to create this more ecological awareness, which is more than, if like, a purely relational one. When we were talking about the co-creative earlier, the frame of reference that folks were using was the co-creative space between two people. And that gave rise, if you like, to that whole relational movement in transactional analysis, interested in what gets co-created between people. We're simply saying, if you go outdoors, that relationality becomes ecologically informed. So in the turning around, I suppose, coming back to John's play, it's risk being seen and no longer being hidden. But don't leave, don't leave the gold behind, you know, bring it into, yeah, framing an ecological sensibility, which, which is one of the things we've been trying to do. I, I think it's worth mentioning, Hayley, that the general frame or arc of the course really followed the rites of passage, yeah. um, a rite of passage process. I don't know if you want to speak on that, Hayley, yeah. or... Yeah, the rites of passage process. It's an ancient indigenous process of people effectively going through a stage kind of rite in order to pass from one point in their life to another. So a classic would be, you know, entering adulthood. Yeah. And um, and it's been written about a lot in all sorts of literature. But the way we... It's come from indigenous practices, basically, and the way we use it in the course is to use it as an arc so that the person would be leaving the known so that in a rite of passage, there's a period of severance where you prepare for leaving and then you say goodbye to the known aspects of, you know, whatever you're leaving behind and enter what's called like the liminal space. So that's the less known world. So you're entering a space where you don't know what's going to happen. And the idea is that you encounter that and engage with that and are changed by it and gather some gifts from it. Then you move into the return stage, which is you then take those gifts back to, well, what they say is your people, basically. 
I mean, I use that on quite a lot of my courses. I know Giles has worked with it. And so we've used it as a frame for our Eco TA course. And we're currently wrestling with it as a frame for our book because we're scoping out a book proposal on Eco TA currently. Yeah. Very so exciting. That, yeah. It's an interesting way of um, structuring a, a course, but it is a structure. And we are effectively the guides in it. Because the idea is that you're not just thrown out there and left to it. There's a person to receive you when you come back and to prepare you before you go out. And, you know, in many ways, I suppose that happens on lots of trainings, actually. It's just not spoken about in those kinds of ways. Yeah. Mm. Very important process, I think. Well, I think this is another sort of political angle of wanting to introduce this is that into the TA community is that it is, um, I was going to say a subtle, but I don't think it's a particularly subtle way of also creating a bit more diversity. Yes. In the, the language and the literature and the conceptualizing of a psychological model. The ideas that we work with haven't really come a long way from Burns' Western frame of reference. And, and so Haley's already referred over the last hour to a range of indigenous or rather non-Western traditions. Um, yeah. So that's part of this as well. One of the reasons why we want to have the, the next introductory course online is precisely so people can come from different regions of the world. Because we're really interested now in what's it like when you've got TA practitioners that are falling <laughs> in love with what they've got on the balcony or out in their own yard in a different time zone. We can't do that if we've all got a fly to be in one particular venue. Yeah. Um, yeah. But mine allows us to do that. Yeah, and also, I mean, I think the other thing we'll get, hopefully, is different perceptions of TA from different parts of the world. You know, how people experience and think about TA from cultures that are much more embedded in the natural world and they come from a place of being among as opposed to being apart from, you know, in terms of the more Western dance. Yeah. You know, it certainly is, it's influencing me quite a lot because I do quite a lot of... Um, movement practice um, that's come from Java and you know that's influenced a lot of the way I think about the way I work with people outdoors and that's a culture that very much lives and breathes being part of nature and other people being very conscious of where they are in relation to each other physically and fascinating yeah and you know we hope to get that kind of mix don't we really when we when we do this next yeah I think Hayley's just touched on something here, which is where I think it's fair to say we have a different emphasis in the work. Yeah. So, we, yeah, I need to say we're not clones of one another here. So <laughs> I think that, <laughs> um, so I know one of the things over the, the course that emerged for me was that I noticed that a lot of the practices and the emphasis in Hayley's work seemed to very much be on what is being experienced in the body as we lean into this ecological abundance resource. I've been quite interested in what is it that's coming from the outside in. So my, my interest has been uh, around story, for example, and the power of myth in carrying the connection and the relationship between human beings and the natural world. And that, I want to say there's something about indigenous which I don't always, I don't think always has to mean in a faraway place that isn't where I am. I think, you know, what I notice when Haley's talking there about, for example, the experience over in Java, is that 
there are people who might more typically experience them as being a part of nature. Yeah. But just because I'm not born in East Anglia doesn't mean to say that I can choose to I can choose to discover what it is to come from this place. Um, that many of us in the West are dislocated from the land that we were born out of. But that doesn't mean to say we have to remain estranged from the land that we're in. Mm. I think speaking to the land and listening to the land is a little bit like learning, for me, learning Mandarin. It's something I need to practice at. You know, there's also something about um, nature appreciates someone who's trying to flatter her or flatter it. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's a bit like going over to France and, and when they notice someone's trying to speak the language, it's like there's a bit of respect and a bit of fondness, even though you may be no good at speaking French. <laughs> um, I, I see that similar here, you know. It's being cognizant that there's a relationship there to be had, even if that's very unusual for someone that looks like me. Yeah, it's great, isn't it, that? Because it's like that it really fits with one of the things we emphasised on the course, which is about you know, helping people develop an ecological practice, you know, a way of, a way of being, which is around cultivating things like receiving, how you actually receive. And we talk about that to some extent in therapy in terms of receiving the client. How do you actually do that? And what's it like if you sit in a place and, and come from a place of receiving? That shifts the emphasis, that starts to build a different kind of relationship with a place as opposed to going out and you know using it so it's yes. about really meeting it's fascinating so what i'm getting is it's like you are honoring the importance the significance of what the place brings to us rather than like you say just being these automatons that use the resources of the place yeah, yeah. It brings a nice word i think in this you know, it's interesting, the shifts in language, because that's what starts to happen, actually. I think, you know, yeah. I've of using different, like, like honouring and sacred and even, you know, things like blessing, you know, being blessed and saying thanks, giving thanks to a place. And, you know, and I've got a deeply sceptical part of me. It's like, you know, if someone had pitched up with that language to me like 12 years ago, I think I'd have run away. But, but it's, it's organic, you know, there's something yes. about a deeply organic process. I, I need to come back into this because... Hayley, when you said, oh, you, you'd been very sceptical of this if someone had used that language. Mm. But you see, in India, Pearl Drago writes about how in the West we have a strong injunction about don't be sacred. Mm. And so this, is, this highlights, if you like, the different transactional analysis around the world. Yeah. Is that it's only in places like here that we might recoil from that language. But that tells us more about us than it does about yeah. And I think that this is another, I think, subtle confrontation or not so subtle confrontation is this is about, it is about paying attention to the metaphysic, the existential and the spiritual, which I think there's been a strong movement within the TA community to keep at bay mm. yeah. um, for fear it will somehow contaminate uh, a kind of scientific rationalist. Um, yeah. and, and there we have it. There we have the kind of the political tension yeah. um, of what an ecological movement can mean for a community that mm. has been dislocated, has been severed from it. Yeah, and there's something for me, as you saying that, reminds me of, you know, the sense for me that it's really important how you bring it 
to people. Yes. You know, because otherwise there's something about um, <laughs> tripping the skeptic wire or something, you know, in folk yeah. and tripping off the kind of parent, if you like, inside of people that are just going to close it down again. And so I think that's why conversations like this are really important. Actually, you know, that we actually start having more conversations where people can say, well, what, you know, what is this? And what, what on earth do you mean by sacred? You know, how, how are we going to come to the meeting point? Um, because I think in a lot of eco psychology kind of literature and some of the rhetoric around it has been deeply off putting to lots and lots of people and also the climate change material you know it's like lots of people are turned off by that and then the message doesn't happen you know nothing happens there's no yeah so yeah i think language is hugely important in this and, and hayley i think this is that this is just like a little a, a choice piece here because if you go back to our respective stories like i could really hear you know you you felt what it was like to be trapped in that room okay um, and i haven't and I know that as I come rushing in from the margins, I will be tripping over all of those slides. <laughs> I don't care. You've got to listen to this. And it's so important what you're saying. It's just, <laughs> just careful, Giles. <laughs> There's a wire there. Yeah. Stop talking about that. Or rather, you know, think differently. And I think that there are a couple of processes here, and one of which is, is something about how do we strategize around this? Mm. Um, and that there's an interplay between the pair of us here, which is, you know, we've needed to be checking out because it's, um, on the one hand, this is a flower waiting to blossom. And on the other hand, it's like a landmine. It's, it's, <laughs> it could be either for the TA community, really. I wanted to touch off something you said there, Giles. I think you said it was spirituality, metaphysical, and what was the third? Existential. 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 I was trying to cluster everything up there, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, is there an element of this, though, as well, that's political? I know you said something about political tension, but I mean political in a wider sense, because something that has cropped up a few times in our podcast with different people is that Eric Byrne commented way back around the McCarthy trials and when he got hauled in, that transactional analysis should never be political. It cannot be political. Now, that may have very much come from his own personal experience and wanting to avoid anything like that. But I find that a really interesting occurrence because given what's going on at the world in the moment with the Black Lives Matter movement and with the um, climate change and the need to examine how we're living in the world, there seems to be a calling, at least for me personally anyway, that TA very much needs to be seen to be active politically and taking, not necessarily taking a stance, but contributing to the dialogue. I'm wondering if eco-TA, as much as you don't want it to be identified as an eco-movement, mm. maybe there is a political element to eco-TA as well about helping people see that we need to form a better relationship with how we live here and how we use the resources of the, the natural world. While it might not be a primary drive, it may be a secondary, do you think? Hmm. Do you want to pick that up, Hayley? Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure you've got plenty you could say as well. I, I, um, I think it is a political... I think we're always in the political myself, but I think with this, we are making a political statement. It's, it's a form of activism. And it's very considered. I think there's a lot of passion in it, as you've probably gathered in terms of the way we're talking about it. But 
I'm also quite keen on how you bring, you know, how we bring this to the TA world, but also beyond that, I think is really important to me. It's very, very important that this happens and that people are encouraged to pay attention. Um, you know, the time, as Charles said earlier, the time is now. You know, we were waiting to kind of launch this until, the, you know, the World Conference and then things kind of went off kilter there because of COVID. But actually, this was the right time to be bringing it to people's attention. And yes, there is an agenda. I think I'm glad you've brought that up because it feels important to be clear about that. I think um, in parallel, you know, I'm aware that the the social action group within the TA community has found its voice in Raleigh, the last international conference. That was the key theme. It was around a resurgence of the, the kind of social justice that had been in the early days of TA. I've noticed, you know, that the ITAA is looking at re-establishing a social justice agenda. There's a number of actions around that. And I see this as running, you know, in parallel with that. I want to step back from getting into any hierarchy as to what comes first or what have you. I think also, though, John, I think there's um, a smaller political piece of work we're doing here, which is the politics within the TA community. So I would like to see us think about introducing ecological awareness within our exam system. I don't like the idea that practitioners are currently having their work vetoed because their supervisor doesn't understand outdoor work. But that's not on. I don't like the idea that we could be having a large tranche of young trainees who are very mindful about the environment and very mindful about its impact on mental health, working with trainers that don't get it. That bothers me. And that bothers me in terms of the sustainability of yeah. the, the integrity of our models. And I think those words that I was using earlier... I think they've been banging at the door for some time now. And the idea that TA is somehow this, this kind of neutral, objective approach that we can use to understand the personality, I think those days of the short-lived now, I'm worried about wanting to hang on to that pseudo-objectivity and that um, more scientific tendency. I think therein lies a danger for us, really. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. So, yeah, it's yeah. interesting, isn't it? Because I, I always think you throw the word politics or political in there and that itself can be a tripwire. But yeah, I think, like you say, Hayley, that a lot of what we do is political. Just going back to being asked about, you know, the take-up of the ideas, I, I've had lots of really, really excited, positive responses, including like yesterday where I'm a trainer at Red Kite in Liverpool and me and my training director were talking about really shifting the whole training program in the ecological direction, which was just delightful for me. And I mean, very, very exciting. And certainly the burn, you know, which is where, where we ran the course, the first part of the course. So there's, there's a lot of hopeful responses, I think. I think mm. we might be pushing on an open door to some extent. Uh, something I, I just remembered I wanted to say a moment ago is that this has not come out of a particular field of practice, this eco-TA idea. Pretty much every other movement in TA in the past has come out of a field of practice. And to some extent, that field has been its proprietor. 
it's felt as though the other fields have needed to translate. And yeah, a phrase that I've used is that EcoTA, it's owned by no one and it belongs to everyone. And that's the parallel with the earth itself. And the moment you try and own it, you disconnect from it. Mm. And so what we're asking really is people to see if they can learn to live a good life within a sensibility of eco-TA as a TA practitioner. So it belongs over all fields. Mm. There's room for everyone in this. And I think eventually, you know, I anticipate all sorts of people running all sorts of courses and programs and writing materials on this. And that has a huge appeal to me that this has come out of the no field, all fields. Mm. Right. Love it. That feels like a good point to close out this discussion, unless you wanted to add anything else that you felt is important to say about EcoTA. Thanks so much. It's been a real joy and it's always a delight to get into a proper conversation and Mm. fathom out what's going on, basically. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's so new, I think it's true to say that um, we, we are continuing to find out what this is about. Yeah. Um, the unfolding i hope that carries on forever frankly someone once said to me something about magic you know that it's working outside is that kind of sense of oh that's it a, a mystery she said it was a participant on a course you know like working outside is just a never-ending mystery and personally i hope it's one i never solve yeah, just such right. a beautiful thing to say and it's just yeah. soft captures something for me so i don't want to know all the answers That's a great way to close. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. As always, if you found anything in today's episode interesting, please feel free to reach out. You can visit our website, which has lots of information and TA resources, transactionalanalysispodcast.com. You can connect with us on all major platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can email us at threepeopleinyourhead at gmail.com using the number three rather than the word. If you haven't already, please follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we'd be really grateful if you could leave us a review. Thanks for listening.